Welcome to Positively 365, a podcast by Joe Wattis. We wish to entertain, instruct, and motivate. If nothing else, hopefully we can entertain and inspire you to live a more positive life 365 days a year. We hope you enjoy this message. A man walks into a bar. As he makes his way to the counter, he stops to talk to everyone in the bar. As he finishes with each group of people, they all get up and leave and go outside the window looking in. Finally, the bar is empty except for the guy and the bartender. The man walks up to the counter and says to the bartender, I bet you $1,000 I can spray beer from my mouth into a shot glass from 30 feet away and not get any outside the glass. The bartender thinks this guy is a nutcase, but he wants the $1,000, so he agrees to the bet. The bartender gets out a shot glass, paces off 30 feet, and then the contest begins. The man puts beer in his mouth and sprays it all over the bar. He doesn't even touch the shot glass. When he finishes, the bartender looks at him and says, Well, I guess you owe me $1,000, huh? The man answers, yeah, but I bet all those people outside the window $500 apiece that I would come in here and spray beer all over the bar. In the United States this week, we celebrate the holiday of Thanksgiving. Several years ago, I asked a six-year-old child, on Thanksgiving, to whom do we say thank you to? He responded quickly, to the Native Americans. No, I'm not kidding. He actually said that. Do we say thank you to anybody else? I asked persistently. To the pilgrims. And to anybody else? I prodded further. To God, he exclaimed. Well, though his order may be a little curious, that just about nails down the historical roots of the American holiday of Thanksgiving. It's common knowledge that the American celebration has its origin in 1621 as the pilgrims invited the neighboring Indian tribes to join them in a feast of gratitude for God's blessings. There's no evidence, however, that they actually celebrated this on the fourth Thursday of November or that it lasted only one day or that they played a mean game of touch football after dinner or that they went shopping the next day. I think it's a great thing that the United States continues to set apart a day a year for giving thanks. And I think it's doubly great that most of us believe that Thanksgiving is a day for actually giving thanks to God, not just a time for feeling nebulously thankful while filling our faces with turkey dinner and watching football on television. There is a danger, I believe, though, in identifying one day a year as Thanksgiving Day. It's the danger of implying that thanks is due on this day, but not on others. We face a similar danger, for example, when we designate the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. Shouldn't mothers be honored more than just once a year? Similarly, shouldn't we be thankful more often than once a year than on the fourth Thursday of November? As a Christian, 
I would argue that giving thanks to God is important because it honors God. I would also argue that Scripture calls us for consistent gratitude among God's people. But there is also a case for gratitude that doesn't depend on biblical theology. In fact, it appeals to common sense and even to our own self-interest. To put the matter bluntly, gratitude will improve your life. Gratitude magnifies our experience of the good things in life, enabling us to enjoy them more thoroughly. Gratitude helps us to endure the hard things in life with dignity, perhaps even with humor. Gratitude is like savoring a fine meal, enjoying every bite, rather than racing through the meal as if it is some sort of race. In today's episode of Positively 365, we will look at the importance of gratitude. But first, here is our trivia question for the day. Which American founding father criticized the original eagle designed for the Great Seal of the United States? We will have the answer when we come back. Welcome back. Do you know the answer to today's trivia question? The question is, which American founding father criticized the original eagle designed for the Great Seal of the United States? The answer, Benjamin Franklin. In a letter he wrote to his daughter criticizing the original eagle design for the Great Seal, he said that it looked more like a turkey. In the letter, Franklin wrote that the bald eagle is a bird of bad moral character. He does not get his living honestly. He's too lazy to fish for himself. On the other hand, about the turkey, Franklin wrote that in comparison to the bald eagle, the turkey is a much more respectable bird. It is a true native of North America. He is besides, though a little vain and silly, a bird of courage. So although Benjamin Franklin defended the honor of the turkey against the bald eagle, he does not propose it becoming America's most important symbol. The story that Ben Franklin wanted the national bird to be the turkey is a myth. However, if that were the case, it makes me wonder, do you think Americans would be eating eagles on Thanksgiving Day? Even so, Franklin did praise the turkey over the eagle. Now you know. If someone were to ask me to name the things I'm grateful for, I'd have no problem coming up with a list. I'm grateful for the roof over my head. I'm grateful for the abundant food I have to eat. I'm grateful for the clothing I have to wear. I'm grateful for the freedoms my country provides. I'm grateful for my healthy and functional body. I'm grateful for my family and friends. And if someone then asked me why I'm grateful, I could answer that pretty easily too. I'm grateful for the roof over my head because I know many people are homeless. I'm grateful for the abundant food I have to eat because I know that others are starving. 
I'm grateful for the clothing I have to wear because I know that others lack basic needs. I'm grateful for the freedoms my country provides because I know some live with oppression and hate, and there are refugees with no place to call home, and many died for the freedom that I enjoy. I'm grateful for my healthy and functional body because so many are sick or disabled. I'm grateful for my family and friends because I know others have lost loved ones or lack a strong and loving support system. But let's say that pesky, over-inquisitive person went on to ask me how often I feel grateful and how long those feelings of gratitude last. Now, that is where many of us have an issue, because we'd have to admit that our feelings of gratitude are often short-lived and conditional. I don't ever have a problem conjuring up a sense of gratitude when I'm thinking of those who have less. When I hear about people living in poverty or in a war-torn country, or I hear unfortunate news about someone's failing health or failing marriage or lost job, I feel genuinely appreciative and thankful for what I have. What's much harder is feeling truly grateful when comparing ourselves to those who have more. The gratitude we feel for our home may wilt a bit when we step into someone else's much larger, newer, nicer home. Our feelings of gratitude for the clothing that keeps us warm and dry may dissipate when we spend time with more stylish friends or when we step into a mall and see the newest must-have fashions. It's not a pretty thing to admit, but I can't imagine I'm alone in the fact that if I were to add an honest dot-dot-dot to my above statements about gratitude, they'd probably sound something like this. I'm grateful for the food on my table because I know others are starving, dot-dot-dot. But I wish I had the money to be able to eat out more. I swear, everyone we know has tried out that new restaurant already. I'm grateful for my healthy and functional body because I know so many are sick or disabled, dot, dot, dot. But I'd love to have that person's metabolism that can eat like a horse and still never gain a pound. I'm grateful for my loving family and friends, dot, dot, dot. But that group of friends on Facebook sure seems to have a way more exciting life than I do. And this is where the real work needs to begin when it comes to living a grateful life. Rather than experiencing gratitude and bursts, I think we need to find contentment in order to truly live in a state of gratitude. If we can work toward feeling grateful regardless of who or what we're comparing ourselves to, then we'll develop a more authentic, deeper sense of gratitude that lasts instead of the fleeting gratitude that comes when we hear of others' misfortune or sit down at the Thanksgiving table once a year. As St. Paul says, Give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As we strive to live out the true meaning of the Thanksgiving holiday, 
Here is my challenge to you, to me, to all of us. Pay attention to what steals your sense of gratitude. Make an effort to feel grateful in those moments when gratitude comes the least naturally. In a moment, we will have a parable about gratitude. But first, I wanted to take a quick moment to express my gratitude to you, the listener. I'm grateful that you are spending your precious time with me. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. An honor student frustrated with his life and with school, worried about what tomorrow may bring. He approached his teacher, asking for some guidance. The story goes, says the teacher in a response to his student's request for help, that a Buddhist monk was walking through the mountains one day. Then, out of nowhere, a tiger appears, chasing the monk towards the edge of a cliff. The monk, in his quest to escape the tiger, runs to the edge of the cliff and climbs over the side, where he sees five other tigers 15 feet below him waiting to eat him. So the monk is just hanging there, holding on to a vine on the side of the cliff, waiting there for the little chance he has to escape or for his imminent demise. Then, as the monk hangs there, exploring his options, he turns to his left and sees a ripe strawberry. He smiles. Wow, that is a magnificent strawberry, he says to himself. So he picks it, and he eats it. The student is waiting for his teacher to continue, but it is clear that the teacher was done with the story. That's it? That is the story? The monk is about to be eaten by tigers, so he reaches out to pick and eat a strawberry, the student exclaimed. What's the point, he added. The teacher replied, The lesson is to know and embrace the experience of being alive. You must be alive every second you are alive. The student responded, But teacher, everyone is alive when they are alive. No, said the teacher. It's the experience of being alive in each moment that is in each experience, good and bad. We must be alive every second we are alive, and not simply exist and live out our days. The student, confused, questioned his teacher, asking, But everyone alive is alive, aren't they? he insisted. No. Look at you now, explained the teacher. You're running around, being chased by tigers, consumed with your thoughts of how it could be better, how you could be better if only things were different. Yet, you have shared with me over the past year several difficult situations in addition to the circumstances that I have observed, how you were about to be eaten by tigers and how you could have been saved in each situation. You can't be alive 
if you are living in fear. And if you're living in fear, you can't see and experience life, the magnificence of life that is right in front of you in each and every moment of the day. Live your life fully, present in each moment, in awe and gratitude. Thank you for joining us today. Please consider taking a moment to like, rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also connect with us and join the conversation on Facebook. Just search for Positively 365. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, stay positive today and every day, 365 days a year.